And I'm just going to welcome our pastor, Benjamin Arday, up here right away and give him the mic. Adam. Glory to God. Well, great to be with you. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. Isn't he good? God is so good. I just flew in from Cape Town on uh, Thursday night and got in. So it's great to be with you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day, for this morning, for this time where your word said, uh, let the saints gather together and forget not. Lord, we must come together. And when we get together, there you are in the midst of us. And there's power and anointing in your name. And there's victory in your name. Hallelujah. We praise you in the name of Jesus Christ. Break every power darkness. Break every heaviness. And we declare the presence and the, and the fire of God to be in this place in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, it's great to be with uh, Adam and the whole bunch of you guys and uh, the no-name bunch. Uh, that's a name, by the way. But uh, hallelujah. <laughs> but I want to go to the book of Song of Solomon. We're going to get in the Word today. And I want to touch some things that I felt in my spirit the Lord wanted me to... Um, to just touch, so we're going to just get into the Word. How many love the Word of the Lord? So uh, we love the Word, we eat the Word, and the Word is life, it is wholeness, it sets us free, and it is the pattern and the blueprint for what God uh, is doing in this season, amen? Uh, hallelujah. So Song of Solomon I don't know if it's up there or you guys don't have it up there, but Song of Solomon 8.5 said, Who's this coming out of the desert, holding on to her beloved? So who's this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I awakened you under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. There she bore you. There she brought you forth. I'm going to read that again. Who's this coming up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? This is where we are, uh, God's people. Uh, who is us coming up from the wilderness and leaning on upon her beloved? I awakened you under the apple tree, which is God's word and his life and his truth. There your mother brought you forth. That's the way God births. And there she bore you and brought you forth. Hallelujah. Amen. So who is us coming out of the desert holding on to her beloved? How many understand, or those of you, whether you're young or old, you realize that the world is in a desert place and there's a lot of craziness going on in the world. And uh, it's been a very long desert. And uh, there are folks that can understand we've been in under extreme pressure. The society, the world is pressured right now. Difficulties and hardships. And in that place, God has been producing a, a great commodity which is called faith. Can I get an amen with that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the reality that is beyond the reality. And it's the reality of realities. It's a reality that is intangible. It's a place where God brings you into true eyesight, where you see. Come on. Most innovation comes through visionaries who are people of faith. And uh, extreme pressure, extreme difficulties has been a place where God brings forth faith. Faith is the key. Somebody say faith is the key. So God is after our faith. When I come back, will I find, this is what Jesus said, faith. So faith is the key. Somebody say it again. Faith is the key. 
So in the place of hardship, difficulty, desert place, it's been the place where God has been preparing us to bring forth. The word of the Lord said, Zion travailed and she brought forth. Zion travailed, she went through the pain and the birth pangs of pressure. Somebody say pressure. That's difficulties, hardships, extreme pressure. You know, the loss of loved ones, relationships breaking up, business disappointments, just dreams gone, died on you. You know, things, prices that you've had to pay, just the pressure has been a place where God wants to bring us if we use it the right way. I always say to folks, use your pain. Don't get bitter, get better. Use your pain for God. It's the greatest gift you have to give to God, to use your pain. A place of pressure where God wants to produce the miracles. So Zion travailed, she brought forth. There it is, who's is coming from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved. You learn to find your healer, your savior, your deliverer, your solution, your answer, your, your lover, your friend, your, your one, the one that makes you whole. His name is Jesus. And you find your savior in the hardships. He becomes closer to you and you feel his presence right around you. This, these are the people. I'm talking about the church right now. I'm talking about the bride right now. I'm talking about God's people, God's prophetic generation, prophetic visionaries that are coming forth have been through the pressure of what is in the world right now. It's a time I believe like no other. Can I get an amen? Hardships bring a separation or they do a work of cleansing, separating you from an environment. You know, Joseph went through a separation. He went through a lot of pain. Jesus went through a lot of pain. David's life was a lot of pain. It was a separation. Uh, we, as God's people that love the Lord, go through the pain of separation. And the pain of separation is what is holiness. For be ye holy, the Lord said that I am holy. Our God is a holy God. You know, the Shema that every Jewish person prays every day. Shema Israel Adonai, the Lord, Elohenu. You know, the Lord our God is one God. When we pray the Lord our God is one God, it's about holiness. He's separated. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord our God Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. The angels cry that day and night. That is holy, 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 which means separated. Separated with a purpose. When I look at each of you, you don't understand a lot of the experiences you've had to go through in your life, the, the reasons why, you know, you have had to endure certain things, but ultimately, the Lord is using it to separate you to a higher purpose. And in that, there's a, there's a loneliness. There's a, there's a hardship. There's circumstances that are not ideal. There's, there's a relational dynamic that brings you into isolation. And isolation is, in isolation, you, you question uh, you ask a lot of, we all ask the questions of why, why, you know, the loneliness, why the, why the isolation, why did things work out or happen the way they happened, but uh, the circumstances 
You know, maybe you lost your job, maybe extreme pressure, disappointments, and uh, in all of that, God is bringing us to a place of holding on, you know, leaning on, relying on His Word, His promises. And that's all you got. Praise God. So, so we don't look at the outward, at the successful ones. Not that God, everybody's going to have their time. You know, the Bible said every work will be tested by fire. If they are wood, hay, or stubble, or are they are gold. Or, and so we all are in a season. And I'd rather say, Lord, take me through my season. Like, because God's going to raise up Joseph's and David's and those that are going to sit in great authority in this hour. Great power in this hour is coming. Can I get an amen? So those that suffer with me will reign with me. God has been doing something very powerful corporately in the world for those that are his sheep. Remember, my sheep hear my voice. So there are false shepherds, true shepherds, there are goats and there are sheep, there are tares and there are wheat. And if you are the sheep of his fold, you will experience the journey. And you will go through the journey which then takes you to the, you know, the destination that God has for you, which is to bring you closer to him and to uh, bring us all into a place of oneness. And oneness is not like I have a church in Cape Town and we're animus connected and under the authority here. And, and so there's a connection in the spirit. But there's a church that is outside of a church or a church that has been separated. Now, that church is not a name. Like, you know, we say no name in that sense. It's not a denomination. It is a corporate body. That is identified by what is going on beyond what we can see in the visible realm. For if you read Hebrews chapter 12, God speaks of an invisible mountain. It's not visible. It's spiritual. Spiritual is another realm. It's outside of, we could call the time and space. It's not in the definitions or the parameters of what we would see, in, I don't believe, even scientifically. Because even the universe is in an enclosed, if we could say, realm. So God is outside of that realm. He's the creator. And our spirit can enter into that realm. And we're on that journey. Because our spirit is so big. If God dwells with us, it's definitely not in our body. And for your mind to fathom it, that's the problem with Nicodemus. He could not understand what it was to be born again. Your mind cannot understand what is to be born again. Your mind cannot understand what it is really to try and understand spiritual things. Your mind will not understand spiritual things. They must be known by the Spirit, and you have to receive it by faith. So you receive it by faith, and God then takes you on the journey to form you into His image. That's the journey. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen there? So the journey is the desert, and the journey that God takes each of us on is called the narrower road. 
The Bible said, you know, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And, and it requires and necessitates of us a realm of faith. Supernaturally. And that faith is not your faith. It's just a leaning on God and a trusting in God and saying, God, I just don't have it. I don't have it worked out. I had an idea. I got, I got all these prophecies. I got all these dreams. I got all these visions. But every time I move out, it seems to not work out because God is God and I am frail in my humanity and I don't know. I just know in part. But God knows all. And I am dependent on that all in God. And I'm leaning on Him. And I know whatever it is that didn't work out, God will work it out. Because He, he works it out for my good. And He knows what's good for me. Because I am His beloved. And my beloved is mine. And I belong to Him. And He belongs to me. And I love Him. And He loves me more than I could ever love Him. And so the journey is a narrow road. And the journey is a lonely road. And the journey is a road where many of us will ask questions along the way as to why we don't understand why. And yet in eternity when we look one day, we will understand what He was doing with us in our lives on this short season in this realm, in this plane. In this plane which I believe God brings us into a realm of space and time to overcome for something that is far greater. For we are actually eternal beings living in a time and space for something far greater that God only knows. And while we're going through this suffering, hallelujah, <laughs> God has got something which is called glory. And there's a glory here, but there's a glory far greater. And the narrow way that very few find is a narrow way is a pathway to God's glory. And how many want the glory of God? How many want the presence of God? In 2018, I was woken up in around June or May, and I heard the word Yochebed, 2.30 in the morning, and I Heard the word Yochebed. I remember telling everybody, I don't understand. I got the word Yochebed and I, I didn't understand. And I began to look it up and I saw that Yochebed means the glory of God. And I said, Lord, what is, why are you saying your glory? What is that all about? He said, it's Yochebed was the mother of Moses. And Yochebed means the glory and it means the Lord of glory. And I believe that it's the glory that we are hungry for his glory that is going to produce a delivering anointing for the nations. It's not going to be this showboat Christianity that we have today that is all about the entertainment and the music. I believe there's young folks here that are saying, Lord, I don't want anything else but your glory. Let me tell you, David was a young boy. But he knew the glory of God. Samuel was a young boy, but he experienced the glory of God. God is not limited by your age, but he's, he wants a people that are hungry for his glory. Yochebed means the glory. We're living in a season where God is coming with his glory. 
Yochebed means the glory of God, but it's the glory of God that's coming and it's bringing the deliverers. That's what people are looking for now. And we're seeing the confusion on the political sphere and the war between different parties and different ideologies and different really worlds. And in the midst of it, you know, we're seeing the enemy trying to stir up this warring spirit and warring in the world and different, you know, people, different backgrounds, different cultures. All of that, the enemy is stirring. But the answer to it, God wants to raise up Moseses that have been birthed in the glory, that have been put in the water, they've been put in the world, but they're going to be the deliverers that are going to come in that have gone through a light affliction, a momentary light affliction, but they know the glory of God. Now, I hear the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist came out of the desert and he went as a deliverer. Jesus was 40 days in the desert and he came out as a deliverer. Every one of us may feel like we're in an isolated, in an inhabitable place. Amen? Unhabitable place. Isolation, circumstantially, a narrow road, but we are following those that are hungry for the Lord. A road that looks crazy to you, crazy to your family, crazy to your friends, crazy to yourself. If you look at the mirror and you say, Lord, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like I've got a lot of doubt inside of me. I'm going crazy. It's a narrow way, but it produces and what God's going to produce through this road and journey is a prophetic people. Now understand this, the Moses type. Moses was a type and a shadow of where we are as the church. See, Egypt is a mentality of enslavement, meaning that you are... You, 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 you have to get up in the morning, you know, whether you get up at 5, get up at 6, you have your coffee, you start beating yourself up. You start beating yourself up. See, in, 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 in Egypt, there was the whip. you driven. you driven by the beast of whatever the beast is. For corporations are beasts, you have to keep feeding them. The system is a beast. You have to feed it. You know, if, if, if marriage is not led and built on the Holy Spirit in the presence of God, you, the emotions of one another in a relationship can be a beast because of the needs. If you don't allow the Holy Spirit to be the one that gives the feed and the life, church can be a beast because then it's in the driven phase. So God brings us into the isolation to know that man shall not live by bread alone. So we depend on God for our bread. We depend on God for all of our provision. We depend on God for our protection. We depend on God for our clothing and our health. We depend on God for everything. There is the narrow road that everybody thinks you're crazy and they don't understand when they look at you, but when they look at you, they see there's something because they don't know how you survive. Because you're surviving. You're not surviving. You're supernaturally thriving, at least if you're in the things of God. Amen. This is the journey, which is what the Lord is taking his people on, which is a journey that is going to produce what I call the, the mighty callings for this hour.
Hallelujah. If you don't understand what I'm saying, you may, uh, may understand in the future. Because each one that is called of God will go through this journey. Whether you're at the beginning of, the beginning of this journey or you're three quarters or halfway on this journey, you are going to go through this journey of the Lord to produce a prophetic people. This is what Moses, God said, I'm leading them into that desert that I can raise a people that can speak for me. God is looking for speakers. You think of your brain. Your brain... You think your brain is just geared for thinking. I believe your spirit, soul, and your, your, you know, your body, but your brain, I'm just talking from my own observation, is geared for speech. Because your brain is like an antenna. In fact, I, I think your whole body, it receives. You think a lot of the ideas you get are you? I believe your spirit gets a lot of those ideas and it's geared for speech, for vision, and for action. Amen. Let's not go there. Let's stick to spirit stuff. Amen. Numbers eleven twenty nine, which is, are you jealous for my sake? And then he said, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophetic. I wish that all the Lord's people were prophetic. Or prophets. Prophets are visionaries. They're seers. They're intercessors. They failed. Because they hated the experience that we're going through. They failed because they were still looking backwards. They weren't prophetic. I wish that you were prophetic. A prophetic person is not really where he's at. He sees where he's going, so he's not worried about where he's at. He's in the future. It's like Thomas Edison knew in the future that he was going to get that light bulb, and he kept doing it again and again and again. He's prophetic. He saw it. He acted on it. He kept doing it. He was prophetic. He understood the future. He knew it was in the future, and he knew God had something. You know, God had something, using that as an example, but God has something in the future and he was going to get the whole world you know new york city was about to get lit up <laughs> hallelujah and, and he lit up the world and so god has got his people spirit people prophetic people that are going to be the deliverers i may want to be that if i can speak to two people one person five people however many would get this word today that you say lord i i know it. no matter what i'm going through you are using gonna use what i'm going through and anoint me to be a deliverer that's what the world is looking for now that's why you know Politicians can get up and make a lot of statements and people will run blindly because they're desperate to get out of their mess. Now Moses came and was birthed in the glory. And he delivered people. Now, what God is raising up is people that will, the church is called prophetic. They are prophetic people that bring spiritual deliverance. That spiritual deliverance will then manifest in the physical realm. Are you good today? And spiritual deliverance necessitates great power. And the desert is the place of preparation. 
for God's great power, Yochabed. Yochabed is the glorious church. The desert is the place where God brings agreement. The desert is the place where God brings alignment because the other parts of you die out. The desert is the place, I believe, where God, just like Moses, Moses means a deliverer, but and Moses means one who draws out. The desert is the place, I'm just using this as an analogy, but Moses means to be drawn out of the water. So God brings you and boasts you in the glory, puts you in the water. In other words, puts you in a system of knowledge, understanding. But that glory will draw you out of that lower knowledge into the higher knowledge. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. Do you believe that? Born in the lower level of knowledge, the system or the cosmos system of powers, principalities, and rulers of this world that are, in a sense, controlling you. Born in, I don't want to use the word, the matrix, but we are beyond that. That's who we are. We are the beyond people of God. And the glory delivers you. God is raising up deliverers that separate themselves from the waters hallelujah can you get can i get an amen i want to just go to the book of numbers chapter number 14 real quick and i want to go to verse number uh number one numbers 14 chapter one and it just says and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God that we had died in this wilderness? I don't know if anybody's been saying that, but I'm sure there's a couple folks here. And, and the reality is that, that generation that said that ended up dying there, that got their wish. And the Lord in verse 11 said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have shown among them. In other words, signs and wonders, even many supernatural signs and wonders, that you could not doubt those signs and wonders. Um, didn't impress them because they never had simple faith. So God gave a warning to these people, to his people. God gave a warning. And, I, and I'm saying this now because we're in the time, I'm in Southern Africa, and South Africa's going crazy at the moment. And God had us release a prayer move in South Africa that has already had 60 million views. We have over... 40,000 people now on a monthly basis praying corporately with us and daily praying with us things that we release. We just had a church join with us. It's got over 7,000 members. It's growing and growing corporately. The prayer move is growing. But the reality is in the natural, 
There's a lot of things that are not right at the moment, and the enemy is stirring. That does not mean that we must not pray. So we're in a war right now. In the spirit, we're in a war. The enemy wants to release chaos and anarchy. We don't give him glory. We got to give God all the glory. But God is calling for intercessors. You know, there have been mighty intercessors. Moses was an intercessor for a generation. God was calling a generation of intercessors or people of prayer. And there's nothing for you when you're, let me say it this way. To, to work for the Lord, there's nothing for your flesh. It's all for Him. And that's what He's calling. We've had the wrong gospel because and it doesn't mean that God won't bless you, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto thee. But it's for His Spirit in you. Amen. So they didn't listen. God gave them over. Because there was no agreement and there was no simple childlike faith. And I believe this. God is saying, are we going to repeat the mistakes of the past? Are we going to be a people that God will raise up? That will walk in great power through the deserts, through the trials, through the tribulations. Through, this, through the places where we don't experience what we desire. Because all we experience is isolation. Could I, are you getting this today? Separation and consecration. Isolation, separation, consecration. You know, I mean, it's like folks want to go out and let's go party. You know, church culture is not a party culture. You sign on and suddenly you find out, you know, we try and make church culture a party culture that connects with the culture. But the reality is that God is not God wants to produce a people that are contrary that are deliverers. We have to stick to the assignment, not to the culture. And I think we forget the assignment by trying to become like the culture. Amen? And so then if we really say, Lord, I want to give you everything, He takes you into, again, isolation, separation, consecration, and you walk in faith. And faith is not nice. Because you have to keep your faith. <laughs> you cannot lose your faith. You've got to keep it burning. And then in that faith, there's a loneliness. I think some folks are, are grabbing onto this. But God is preparing the new wineskins. Because you cannot put revival that everybody talks about revival. You cannot put a move of God on old wineskins. And the old wineskins have to be stretched. And the old order has to be stretched. And it's the old order that is resisting. And it's us too. The old order in us is resisting the isolation. In isolation we're being stretched. And it's a good thing. Because we don't want anybody else to see the real you in your isolated place, you know. Rather let the Lord see you and God knows the real you. <laughs> I've got a few folks that understood that one. But God stretches us and that stretching is it's because he wants to actually enlarge us for a greater vision that we don't see. Eyes not seen, ears not heard. Has neither the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. And so it's lonely, but it's, it's in that 
desert that we're holding on to his word by faith and we believe God's word despite what we are observing in the natural because he said in the natural it's going to get worse it's going to get darker but with God come on somebody when it's the narrow way God is the God of the impossible so I'm still holding on because it's impossible I don't know if anybody feels that if with God it's impossible and in that impossible place you're in the waters, God then begins to separate the waters from the waters. So what is that waters? Well, there's lower earthly knowledge and there's higher spiritual knowledge. God's glory, the more you're in, the, in that isolation, the more you're calling on His glory and He begins to divide, He creates. You understand? He separates the lower waters Knowledge from knowledge. Because there's realms of knowledge that birth. Knowledge births. God's knowledge is above. God is above. To be a Hebrew, the word Hebrew, Eber, means to cross over, to go to the other side. It's above. I'm above. So the isolation is God is separating you from we born in waters. And he draws you out of the waters. And the process that he uses to separate what's from above to below is the isolation. And that isolation is that self is isolated. The self life is isolated. And then we are removed from the reality of a false perception what we perceive as reality is in fact a false reality and we become a prophetic people that override the reality of what we are visibly seeing and in that physical uh, seclusion where we don't fit in business not working out relationships not working out sounds all negative but i'm just using analogies now things aren't working out maybe they're going wrong but it's because god is not allowing it to work out joseph tried to prophesy himself out of his prison experience but god wasn't going to allow that to happen he still stayed where he was supposed to stay he was in isolation and the reality is in that current state of being you're a danger to yourself and many until there's that full dying that takes place in the desert and what comes forth is the waters from the waters the old waters that you were who you were in those waters dies there in the new you the holy ghost you spirit you the resurrected you comes out isolation prepares us the desert prepares us for something greater and it's the road somebody say i gotta walk that road Amen. So I, I just want to say even prophetically in the last 10 years, the decade on the Jewish calendar has been about the eyes. Where we're moving to now is because we've had to have prophetic eyes as the church corporately. But we're moving into the time of the hand of the Lord and the mouth of the Lord. The mouth of the Lord is, again, I said this in our New Year's messages, that the mouth of the Lord is not so much of just declaring and decreeing 
But Jesus became a mouthpiece of the Lord through the things that he suffered in obedience. So your obedience to the will of the Lord has unlocked the word of the Lord because you've become a word. It's the word that broke through. It wasn't a word that Jesus said. All he said was in your hands. I commit my soul. And he said, forgive them. And he said, Eli, Eli, Sabachthani. You know, my father, my father, why have thou forsaken me? And that's all he said. But it was the word becoming flesh. That is the mouth of the Lord that is coming in the generation, which is a prophetic people that have experienced the isolation and have embraced and become one with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they birth a heavenly vision. Hallelujah. Heavenly vision. Somebody say heavenly vision. Heavenly vision is not something you just move into because remember there's different realms. There's the natural, you see things naturally. There's the emotional realm, you know, uh, and then there's the realm which is God's realm, spirit. Thou wears a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And it's in the darkness and the isolation where prophetic visionary people are birthed. Hallelujah. Seclusion. Isolation of self. And it's in that place that God begins to search your deepest thoughts. Some may say pain. See, when God starts to take you into that place, you find out that He knows you much more than you know yourself. But He's not going to leave you in that water. He's drawing you out of that water because He's going to bring you into a place of glory. But you are isolated and he's searching because to move in this next season, you need clear thinking. You need to think as he is and your thoughts must be clear because your thoughts must be totally in him. And in his word, you see, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. I am in him. I'm one with him. I'm bound to him. I'm bound to his word. You think of in the Garden of Eden when the sin nature was birthed, the serpent came, which means also that serpent means to intertwine. There was a connecting, kind of like our DNA is. <laughs> it's in a state of, it's intertwined. It's, but, but Jesus comes and he binds the donkey and he rides the donkey. Hallelujah. And then he crucifies the flesh. And he liberates us. Hallelujah. And we become one in our thinking. One. And we are clear. And false ideas from the soulish life and the lower life die in that experience that we go through in the desert. And we move into the spirit life. Waters from waters, darkness from the light, Moses drawn out of the waters, the Yochabed, God's glory place. Are you getting this today? Separating us in our relationships, separating in ourselves, separating from physical influences, 
And all of this brings us into a place of ultimate vision, which is clear perception. Reality or the reality of realities becomes our reality. <laughs> Maybe that's bad English, but that's what I'm going to say. It. The reality of realities, it becomes our perception. It becomes our reality in the seclusion, separation. God brings a Joel 2.28 people, which is we have, somebody said, prophetic experience. So that's intimate knowledge that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. We know him intimately through the journey. And each one of us are in a different phase or place in that journey, but it's ultimately to, to bring about what Moses spoke, that they will see with prophetic eyes. Joel said it this way, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and old men will dream dreams and the young men will see vision. God will pour out his spirit on a unique bunch of folks. And it's not just random people. Some say it's a prepared people. God is not random. God is specific. For me, it's not about the question. It's good to question sometimes. Many in the Bible, the question. But you'll find you ultimately have to get back to the place of pure faith and trust. But preparation is needed to enter into God's realm. Be ye holy as I am holy. That's preparation. Narrow is the way. Very few find it. I've got to walk that journey. Because God is birthing something that eye has not seen and ears not heard. Hasn't in the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. He's birthing identity. But it's a prophetic identity. It's prophetic vision. It's a new realm. It's a new nature. And it's a prophetic visionary. Hallelujah. Glory. People. Hallelujah. And this is... How we took them through the desert, because this is the woman in Solomon 8.5. She was in the desert, but something very powerful that is for, applicable to us as individuals is that she was holding on to the word. The word was everything. If the word is not everything to you, that is... That, I believe, we're, we're either hot or cold now, more than ever before. We cannot be lukewarm. He said, I'll spit you out of my mouth. The hot on fire folks for the Lord are holding on to the word. And those people that are filled with the word, he said, I'll put my word in you like fire. And I'll put it out of you like a hammer. But ultimately, what I'm going to produce out of and through you is I'm going to produce a prophetic, visionary, intercessory anointing that will stand for the nations. 
See, you sitting in this city of Poughkeepsie and some of you from Connecticut and in the USA, but God is looking for a people that will say, yeah, yeah, I am going through some stuff, but I know it's for your good, for my good, but it's also for your purpose while I'm in this realm and in this earth. I am here and God is birthing and emptying me in this season, boring me out, Taking everything that I was, I don't know who I am any longer. I don't really have an identity. Come on, I don't know if anybody can relate to that. The only identity, I, I feel empty, but, but, but I know that I'm getting ready to be so filled with his presence, filled with his glory. He's going to spill me over because ayin, which is also out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That is true vision. The Bible said prophetic vision. It's not eyes. It's spiritual eyes, belly, prophetic vision, prophetic overflow, and fullness. I've been emptied, but I'm getting ready to be filled. Hallelujah. Isolated. Consecrated. I've seen it as a pastor, how many folks have run away because they don't understand the apostolic visionary calling. I think of Moses and his generation and how frustrated he got because they never understood his prophetic revelation and understanding. And all they wanted was a big golden calf that could run around and play music and do crazy things. Because they wanted entertainment and fascination. They hated the isolation. <laughs> and it's God's way. It's God's way. Somebody said God wants a prophetic people. Now what kind of prophetic people is that? The people of visions and dreams. And I can say this in many ways. That God gave me a word almost 17 years ago, and he said that I'm going to release supernatural technology. I believe as in the world, technology is moving at a, at a pace that there's technology God's going to give to us, and, and it's hidden. But it can be revealed. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. But that's a, that's a natural but it's a process. Somebody say, I'm being prepared for the glory. I can go on for hours, so I've got, I've got a lot of information here. But everybody wants the glory, but nobody wants the process. Everybody wants, they don't want the narrow way. So again, let me say this, that God wants to, us to enter into prophetic experience. That is, that you're living Naturally supernatural. You're not crazy. You're not weird. You're natural. You're real as can be, but you're naturally supernatural. God created Adam. He lived in the realm of the spirit, but he also entered into the realm of the natural because God said to him, I'm going to give you dominion. And you have dominion by being naturally supernatural. By being a prophetic visionary person, by experiencing and encountering God. There was Jacob. Jacob had to wrestle through the night, the stuff that was in his life. And ultimately, God then began to say, I'm going to anoint you as Israel. You're going to stand in my spirit. You're going to stand in my word. And you're going to be a, also a prophetic visionary person. Hallelujah. Amen. So, God brings us into the reality 
of perception. All right? The reality where we know out where we know. Somebody say to know. That's maturity. Now, that's something you cannot produce because there's a great weightiness to you. God's glory is weighty. It means that you mature. It means that you know. It means that you, you don't have to prove anything. There's no agenda. It's not about people, oh, you know. We'll go to him, he knows or she knows. It's, it's not. There's a gravity. There's a weight. There's a responsibility. God said, I want everybody to be a prophetic visionary people because the earth will function with people of what the Bible said in Isaiah, the sevenfold spirits of God. Spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, spirit of power, spirit of might, knowledge in the fear of the Lord. And God is that. And where the Lord is with us and we break through into that realm and that weight of the Lord is we then reveal that in us and that's what the job of an assignment of every pastor is and every spiritual leader is to help you on that journey to become as the sons of Issachar 1 Chronicles 12 32 I want to just turn there real quick 1 Chronicles 12 32 and the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding. This is, understand this, this is a whole tribe. So we could say no-name church. Say ark. But the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That's it. How come Joseph was in the courts of Pharaoh? Because he knew what to do. Why did Daniel stay in the courts of Nebuchadnezzar? Because he knew what to do. How come Herod was so fascinated with John the Baptist? Because he knew what to do. Prophetic visionaries, they know what Israel ought to do to know the times and the seasons of what God is saying to be revelators. Now, I tell you, I've, 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 there was a time where just with the gift of the Lord, I would tell folks, I don't do that anymore. Ask me, what, what do you think about this stock? What do you think about that investment? And I'd say, yeah, well, you know, this is what I see. And we don't use the gift that way. Amen? We use it for the glory of God. But what God is doing with us individually is to we are busy. We are under pressure. We have to perform. And there's this war between doing and being. And we've got to learn, and I've seen it in my personal life, the things that God has put on my responsibilities that he's placed upon my life. And there's times I've just had to learn to just walk in it and not stress about it. But to know. Somebody say to know. So the modern church society is busy with a lot of things. And culturally relevant, but spiritually irrelevant. And we need to move from being culturally relevant to being spiritually relevant. And there's only one way, and that's to move into that place where God takes your soul and he moves you into a deep spiritual place of encountering his presence 
and knowing his character and knowing his fullness. And he takes us out of the mixture. See, that's lukewarm. You're hot or you're cold. We, 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 we either spirit, the Bible said, they that worship me. Are you good? Worship me in spirit and in truth. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm downloading because I'm only here now. I don't know how God's going to do it later. Amen. So we need to move. We we need to, we need to move from being culturally relevant, because we can be so culturally relevant and spiritually insignificant. I'd rather be called spiritually significant than culturally culturally. For some reason, that's a tongue twister. Relevant. God wants to bring us into prophetic revelation. Now, so you go into. You move into prophetic encounters. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, you are experiencing, you know, dreams and visions all day. It just means you are in a place where you are tuned in. You are a prophetic person. You are a visionary person. And in that prophetic encounter, you move in prophetic revelation and you move from uh, encounters to revelation. Have you got that? From encounters to revelation, where he talks with us, he walks with us, and we know him. We're experiencing him. He's real to us. He's close to us. That's the desert. Song of Solomon 8.5. I, I know you, and I produced, and you gave forth. You birthed, you birthed, which is, what God said in Revelation 12, you birthed my image. That's what Jesus came for. To produce sons, which means carbon duplicate copies of his son. Amen. From light to darkness, waters to waters. And therefore, I want to say something. You cannot flow in the, the wrong waters. That's why the prophets are necessary. The prophets are the discerners. You can have a, a whole church system, but if you don't have the true prophets, you do not have discernment to know what is what the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12. Amen? Some may say, I must go through. Let me rephrase that. God desires for me to go through this process of separation, this desert experience. God desires me to move into revelation therefore he has put me in isolation lord i repent of grumbling and complaining and i praise you lord for thank you that there's maturity coming in my life hallelujah so i've seen many many churches they accuse god they accuse their pastors that want to flow in the spirit and they accuse one another that's what Numbers 14 and 11 is about. He said, how long will these people despise me? They despise God. They despise the prophets. They despise the prophetic. They despise the journey. And, and, uh, and, and, and they keep wanting to go back to what they had instead of understanding that what God has for them is far greater and far beautiful. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the suffering of the cross.
and wanting God's way, wanting God's process, embracing the journey, embracing the season, embracing the promises. And, and, and there it is. And so the God, Lord wants us to enter into, somebody said this prophetic season. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what's God going to do? He's going to release his glory. Yahweh is God's glory. I believe that there's a glory coming. And the world will come. It's the Bible said it in Isaiah 60. They will come to the shining light of God's glory that is upon the church. So if you ask yourself why, you're knowing why today. God's uh, not going to raise those up who desire the Egypt flesh. But those that are in isolation, separation, and walking in that holiness, they will carry the glory. Set apart unto a higher purpose. And saying, God, I'm not moving myself from this place you've put me in. I'm standing here in faith. I understand the preparation. I understand the isolation. But I also know until I experience prophetic revelation, the miracles will not manifest and the miracles will not flow. Moses was one that stood in front of that water and said, here, take the rod. God said, take the rod. Moses was one that experienced that prophetic revelation, but his desire that was that each one would experience that which God had already foreordained them to become. And this is the reality that the enemy is stealing us, taking us into another realm away from us. And so I want to say this, that there's a conscious and subconscious level, which is a thief that is robbing and stealing and destroying us. It's what's going on in the back of your mind subconsciously and consciously in the thought realm that is constantly a thief. The thief comes to kill and destroy. And we can look for the thief outside, but there's a thief on the inside. That's why Jesus said, I am the door. Because the door in John 10, Jesus was the chief shepherd and he sits at the door. And he stops the wolf from coming in. In your mind and in your emotions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many of us are stuck in the lower realm reality, doing church in that reality. And therefore, staying in that re reality, we, we, we create movements from that realm. Now, I'm not judging folks because they're still preaching the gospel. I'm just saying there's a much higher realm that God wants us to, to experience. And if you read your Bible, you'll find that the only way to step into it is that there will be suffering. Hallelujah. Obedience to the word of the Lord. There is a price tag. And there is suffering. There is pain. I was reading a while back the works of Marcus Aurelius. And not that he's a believer or anything. I just found it interesting because, you know, he was in the time of Rome. And he was one of the thinkers of the day. And interesting, the way he trained his men, he said, everyone needs a negative experience. So when they go into battle, nothing moves them. 
And so the gospel is not light. There's no gospel light. There's the gospel. And when you embrace Christ in you, you will fight the devil head on. Hallelujah. And in that place of consecration, isolation, separation, God separates us from our imagination. Think about it. Images are idols. Our own dreams, our own visions, our own ideas, our own our own. He separates us from our vain imagination, the ego, and the idolatrous minds, the idolatrous mentality, mentality of idolatry. That's what the whole prophets were about. They were prophetic from the heavenly mindset of God, and they were addressing the vain imagination. The golden calf was vain imagination. Egypt was vain imagination. God brings us into his mindset, which is not imagination. It's his image that we bring. It's his reality that we bring. It's not imagination. It's truth. And so that's what Joel was speaking about. This new generation of revival or revivalists that are awake. Have his spirit poured out on young and old. And they are bringing the now. Into the reality of impossibilities. Because the darkness is over the earth. But God brings his now. As Joshua and Caleb were in the now. The rest were seeing a problem. God said there's a generation like Joshua and Caleb. They don't see the problem. They see my now. They see my purpose. They see my intent. They've stepped into. And they've broken their imagination. And their ideologies. And they have become visionaries. And they have a different perception. Are you all good today? God is saying the imagination, the image, the vain imagination is what is being dealt with. Which is our mindset and our mental faculties. Our idols that must be knocked. Which have become part of who we are because many of these things are handed us, handed to us generationally. I was reading about nematodes. Nematodes carry memories for 14 generations, passed down genetically. Some of the things we're dealing with, they've been handed down to us by our forefathers genetically. And the life of Christ within us is breaking the patterns that we don't even know why we're doing the things we're doing. And we're accusing one another instead of facing the reality of realities and saying, thank you, Lord, for this isolation because you're changing me. And I'm being reprogrammed, which the Bible said transformed, not conformed, transformed. Amen. By the renewing of my mind. And therefore, it's going even into my DNA. And it's going to go into the next generation and they're going to enter into greater blessings because that's vision coming in. Hallelujah. So God knocks down the idols, mindsets, things in our mental faculties. He empties us of ourselves, takes us from our ability, and he moves us to a place of becoming a prophetic people. Where we are in a prophetic people is an obedient people. And we look like a crazy bunch. You know, like the prophet lying on the right side and, you know, like a crazy bunch. But we do crazy things because it's releasing 
heaven's reality into the natural, and it changes the natural order of things <laughs> to the kingdom order of things. And uh, that's where God is raising his people. Some may say alignment. For all of this is alignment between heaven and earth. All of creation is in groaning and in tribulation and in trouble because it's groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. What I'm speaking about today is what is termed the sons of God. For the son of God, if you study that, means a duplicate copy of Christ. Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. And out of him, through what he did on the cross, birthed many sons. And there's only one way. Isolation, separation, consecration, tribulation, and suffering. But it produces a Yochebed. His glory in the earth is each of us seeing from a realm that is not defined by the natural order of things. The voice that comes out of the wilderness crying, hallelujah. Numbers 14, 13, if you will put that up there. Numbers chapter 14, verse number 13. And it says there, and Moses said unto the Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it. For you brought us, or you brought this people, you brought up this people in your might from among them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is this? God is saying, uh, God is raising up intercessors. Because you'll see the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. And the Egyptians will hear of it. Hallelujah. So think of Moses. Lay down his calling. Lay down his life. Lay down his dreams in the courts of Pharaoh. Having the success. Whatever he wanted to have. God said, I'm taking you into an isolated place for 40 years. Then I'm going to bring you back to your people. But the people I have called you. And you're going you're to deliver your people. You don't understand why you've gone through the things you've gone through. But it's because God is saying there is a generation that I have assigned to you. That you are going to speak to. That you're going to draw them out. You've died to Egypt. You've died to everything. And ultimately, the only thing you become is just a voice. But that voice is so powerful because it's everything in you that is so tied to everything that is in him. And there's nothing except that voice. It may sound small to many folks, but when it speaks, it thunders. And when it speaks, it shakes. And when it speaks, it challenges and it brings change. And when it speaks, it, it confronts and the whole world cannot stand in that voice. This is what God is calling and raising up in this hour and in this generation. And it is a generation of intercessors. It's an intercessory anointing that have the heart of God in the earth. Well, all of creation is crying out for intercessors. 
the sons of God that stand between heaven and earth, that are a voice that cry in the wilderness, they release the word of God. If people like it or they don't like it, but it is nevertheless not their voice and not their vo word. Yes, it is their voice, but it is voice in their voice. His sound in their sound. His heart in their heart. And it is not them, not I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And I'm not speaking from my own opinion. I know nothing. I've been staying in a hotel and I was thinking of faulty towers. Anybody seen faulty towers? Nobody's seen Faulty Towers, the British, British comedy. So you probably wouldn't know British comedy, but it's a crazy hotel. But anyway, he had this guy who was Spanish who used to work for him. And he could, always made a mess because he could never communicate to anybody. And uh, it was always confusion in the hotel with this Spanish guy. But anyway, he always used to say, I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. <laughs> but with God, you get to a place, you know, it's like, I knew so much, but I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. But, but God then says, here's my intercessors. Here are my people that are a prayerful generation. Would that my house become a house of prayer? You've made it a den of thieves and traitors. And God then acknowledged Moses as his intermediary his voice because there was unity and it's at that place we put on this mantle of anointing and every prophet is an intercessor it's not some lady in the back praying it's a people that are in agreement with his word and all god is looking for in the earth is agreement that's why he sent jesus because there was no man that he could find. So he sent his word into a body. There was an agreement. His word was an agreement with his thought. Hallelujah. Once we take the mantle of intercession. We become a voice. And then there is a restoration of what the word of God says in Malachi. I will restore the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the father. A son is a father and a father, amen, has a son. You understand what I'm saying? A son represents the father, but he becomes a father. It's image. But it's also agreement. And the voice of Elijah is restored. Some say there's a price to pay, but it's worth it. Hallelujah. You know, I, we have our prayer movement in South Africa, and I see the, it's consist, to be consistently that person. You understand, it's not just getting up in the morning and doing your, you know, it's good to pray, you know, the Lord's prayer and good to pray. But what God is saying, when you hear this word, we are that prayer. We become that prayer. We stand in that place by faith through our obedience. Again, the voice of the Lord that he's raising up is the year of the mouth. The mouth speaks. 
But it's not the words out of your mouth. Jesus didn't utter a word. Many times you don't say things, but it's what you're not saying. In unity with the Lord. Numbers 14 said, God said, I will give it to Joshua and Caleb. Something I observed is that there was a middle generation that lost out, but there was a new generation that were raised up. I kind of feel like that's where we are in the church today. Just an observation prophetically. There's a middle generation. There was a previous generation that walked in it, but there's a middle generation that lost it. But there's a new generation like Joshua and Caleb. They made it through. They were the middle generation, but they were the remnant of the middle generation that served the previous generation, but they're going to raise up a new generation. Young and old will enter in. Hallelujah. As much as I can say, that will be a voice that cries out in the wilderness. All right, good. I think I'm going to leave it there because I'll be going on another hour. I think I'm going to leave it there. We leave it there. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. I just want to, I just felt the Holy Ghost sent me here today to encourage you. God is calling up. He says, will I find faith on the earth? That's one thing. But he also said, I'm calling. He said, can I find somebody who will stand? So he said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll raise up a standard. That standing is the key. Is your experience or the reality of what's going on, the dynamics of your life around you, but you're still standing. And you're standing on the promises of God and you believe in God and you believe in the Lord that this nation is going to be shaken with the glory of God. Whether Democrat or Republican, we're not part of the Democrat or Republican. We're part of the people of the Lord. And where there's sin that abounds, there's grace that abounds much more. And we believe that in this nation of the United States of America, every plan of darkness is going to be destroyed by a people that rise up in the spirit and in the authority that they have been given. Because, yes, maybe you have been going through a lot of, you know, it's just been a difficult time for many people that are serving the Lord. But I'm here to encourage you and say God is with you and his wind is blowing and refreshing is coming. And there's a visitation coming to this house. Hallelujah. And there's light coming to this house. And there's victory coming to this house. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, your word declared again. Eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard. Neither into the heart of man for what God has prepared for lo those that love him. And we love you, Lord. And Father, as Moses called a people to be a prophetic people, they lost it. But when you came... In that upper room. When you came in that upper room. There they were. And the Holy Spirit was poured out. And there you unlocked and you opened up. Father God. The eyes to see and the ears to hear. And you caused them to. Father move into. A great outpouring. That shook the nations. Of the world. And Father as this word has gone forth today. May it begin to shake the fabric. May it begin to unlock the doors. 
May it begin to open up the prison doors. May it begin to encourage folks to go through their process right now, their journey right now, and not give up, Father God, but to stand in their fire, but to stand in their trial, and to stand in obedience. And Lord, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the suffering of the cross. But to stand in this season and to know that God is going to work it out for the good of those that love him and are called of his name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Say thank you, Lord, for your word that has been spoken through your servant. And I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to get better. And I embrace with your grace the season that you have put me in. And I thank you, according to Romans, which said... All things work together for the good of those that love you in accord of your name. I thank you that you are working it into something much better. And there's fruit that is coming. I'm holding on to my beloved. And I'm going to see a fruitful, glorious season in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Amen.